0: Hello, Monetization Nation. Today I'm joined by Riley Meek. Riley is the host of the Sales Conversion Podcast and founder and CEO of Social Dynamic Selling, which turns dinner seminar marketing into a science. After responding to a small ad on Craigslist in 2009, Riley was introduced to a new concept of selling, one which radically changed his life forever. Having just $673 in his bank account, But more importantly, a burning desire for more, Riley went on to produce over $125 million in sales over the past nine years. Now that he has perfected his model through continual trial and error, he is sharing his learned wisdom and is on a mission to help other entrepreneurs and business owners achieve the revenue goals they have to live the lifestyle they desire. Thank you so much for agreeing to join us on the show today, Riley.
1: Hey, Nathan, happy to be here, man. It's going to be fun.
0: Okay. Can you start off by sharing something that you are super passionate about?
1: Super passionate about. Oh man, right now, I just, I think we go through different seasons in life. And uh, right now I'm just so passionate about just uh, my family and just the the time. I've got a nine-year-old daughter, just uh, being intentional about spending quality, quality time with my family. There's definitely a time in my life where that, that wasn't, uh, my driving force, and uh, I feel like I'm definitely in a season now where I'm I'm, I'm able to really enjoy uh, the fruits of my labor, if, if we call it that. <laughs>
0: I love how entrepreneurship, when done well, can allow us to focus on those things that truly matter.
1: Yes, which is really why entrepreneurship, I think, is. I mean, that's that's why most people usually yes. go into it is to be. That able is to- the
0: best part about
1: entrepreneurship. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Okay. Can you share with us your journey of becoming this expert entrepreneur and digital sales
1: guru? (laughs) I I don't know about about a guru, but um, I'll I'll take that, I guess. Uh, But yeah, my journey, so I'm 35 years of of age right now. Um, I grew up in a small town in South Dakota, if anybody knows where that is.
0: Well, and Um, how you you pronounce that is South Dakota.
1: So, yes or sodak you know sodak so <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways yeah I grew up in a town of about a thousand people so when I say small like it, very small and uh, um, there's not a lot of opportunity from a you know where you're gonna get a job um, and you know we mentioned entrepreneurship that it's just like not many like entrepreneurs were were in the area like we had the guy that owned the car lot, I guess, or the, the gas station. So it wasn't like I had a lot of, of mentors or people that I could look to uh, in the start of my entrepreneurship journey. And actually, how that even entailed, I, I when I turned the age of 15, I, I wanted to you know, start making money to buy a car, right? And I just thought, well, I better get a job. That's just all I, all I really knew. And so the only place to get a job was at our, our local gas station, and it was actually making pizzas for $5.15 an hour. That's what minimum wage was in South Dakota then. So this would have been probably uh, about 2000 or so, 2000, yeah, 2000, 2001 maybe. And I took that job. I worked one eight-hour shift. Um, I I did the math in my head, and I said, there's no way I'm ever doing that again. And uh, I quit. My first day on the job uh, was my last. And that really is what spurred or sparked my, my journey into entrepreneurship and as i mentioned it wasn't like i had a lot of of people to look towards or look for in that situation i mean my dad while he was an independent contractor he he was he delivered mail rural route so he'd out in the country uh, and you know to my knowledge he never made more than 40 grand a year his his entire career and so uh, it wasn't like i had a, a lot of of guidance and so i, I found myself seeking out uh, mentors and people that I could just uh, look to for for guidance and starting this journey. And, and uh, it was really something that I had to be intentional about. Um, so I found myself actually driving once a month, I would drive up to to the Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is where I reside now, uh, uh, once a month and attend these like success workshops, uh, where they taught us about entrepreneurship and marketing and sales and, and things like that. And, and I really started to just soak in or really just become a sponge of that environment. I, I got myself on, you know, personal development books, and I was listening to CDs. Yes, CDs, yeah. uh, back then on my car, because was a five hour drive that that I would commit to. And so um, I, I really, uh, you know, put, had to put myself in those, those different circles. And the, the real reason for that was, in any time that I've looked at my career, now that I look back at it, granted, I mean, I'm only still only 35, so I'm I'm still in the in the meat of this, but I, I get to actually choose where and how I want to invest my time now. Uh, but every single time that I've been able to level up, is I, I looked for the fruit in other people's lives, and and it was and if was it something that I wanted or wanted to be like or around. And and that's how I, I gauged if I was gonna you know really level up or or put myself in that circle because I, I looked at the you know the the fi- my five closest friends in South Dakota were I mean there was there was no fruit right it was like uh, we would we would wake up and go to school and we would you know drink beer right away afterwards and it was just like not a lifestyle that I I knew that I wanted and so I, I had to seek out that fruit in my life and any time that I did that whether it was hiring a coach or uh, just uh, seeking out mentorship, it was it was a, a version of just having to level up and put myself in that circle of people that had the fruit that, that I desired. And, you know, fast forward a few years the day I graduated high school, um, I my bags were packed, I moved up to the Twin Cities area where I still reside part time now. And um, um, I, I started a number of different sales, you know, sales gigs, I, I sold lots of different things. My intent was to go to school uh, to become a chiropractor, um, I, I was, I was excited and kind of passionate about fitness and nutrition and things like that. So I thought that was the route that I was going, but through this process, I started to make a decent amount of money in my, my sales ventures. And I thought, why would I go to school, go six figures in debt and then have to start a business after that. Right. Cause it's not like a chiropractor actually gets out of school and gets a job. They have to go hustle and build a business. And I thought, why would yeah. I go into debt to actually do that? Uh, So I just started to pursue the entrepreneurship and again, leveling up, putting myself in the circles that I wanted to be, be a part of. And through this entire process, I was introduced to this concept of, of selling to groups of people, right? Selling one to many versus one-on-one. And, you know, nowadays we see it a a lot on, you know, webinars and, and virtual summits and things like that online. Um, But this would have been, you know, prior to being, you know, really Online, you know, it was like it, you, I had an email address back then, I guess, but it wasn't like there was a lot of uh, you know this was pre Facebook, uh, and so I, I I was introduced to this concept of of selling to groups of people, and I I thought, man, this is this is unique because everything that I had done was selling one on one, and depending upon the product or service that that I had, it was you know could be upwards of one, two, maybe three hours of a presentation to try to convince somebody to buy what I had. And when I, when I was introduced to this, it rocked my world because I thought, man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a presentation to a group of people, so I'm leveraging my time. I really only have to do like one or two of these rock star presentations. And then at the end, I was just going to simply make an invitation and ask those that were interested if they wanted to know more, if they wanted to know a price or if it, if it fit within their budget or whatever the case was. And I thought, holy cow, this is, this is amazing. What could I sell? using this format. And uh, I started my first company in, in uh, July of 2011. So we're coming up on almost 10 years now. Um, my very first company, and it was actually selling like insulation, believe it or not, and at home, like right. residential insulation. Sure. Uh, and then we grew into like LED lighting and uh, solar attic ventilators and things like that. And, and what it was is that we I invited people out to a free steak dinner, come learn about how to save money on their utility bills, make their home warmer in the winter, cooler in the summer, things like that. And, uh, I made a few sales. Um, and, and mind you at this time, I I was really coming off of, um, off of a failed business venture, uh, down in Mexico. I won't, I won't bog down in the details with that, but it was a failed business venture. I'd invested pretty much everything into this. Um, I'd leased out my condo here in the States. And when I, when I um, came back to the U S here, I was married at the time. Um, I, in my wife and I, we found ourselves literally sleeping on my sister's couch. And it was one of the lowest times in my life. I had, uh, I, I remember the day that I, I had my first event, I had 673 bucks in my bank account. Um, and I had a credit card that was, I was getting up there uh, as far as being maxed in. But the, the biggest thing is that I had a burning desire for more. Like I knew that I, w- I was better than what that bank account said. And, uh, and I think that's the biggest thing. If, if, if you have that burning desire, that feeling of unfulfillment, or you, you just want more, that's the number one component, right? I mean, the, the rest can, can fall in, into place. And so I, I hosted my first event. I, I've, I've made a few sales uh, and I reinvested that money into myself, into the marketing. And I did another event and I did another event and another event. And by the end of 2011, so six months after my very first one, We had done uh, 2.1 million dollars in sales. Crazy, crazy time in my life. And uh, from there, I realized what what I was doing was working. So it's like, well, let's. uh, What do I do? Let's hire some. Let's hire some sales guys. That the concept that this this works. The point of this was leverage. I don't want to be the only one selling this. So I started to recruit and hire. And by the end of 2012, I had 26 sales crews across 38 states. And uh, we had done 12 million in, in sales that year. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, it, that is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy. It was it was a very interesting time, but very, very fun. And I, I found myself actually being able to step back and in, in work on my business, working in, in my business. And I think yeah. that's a key component with, with entrepreneurship, as you mentioned. It's like a lot of entrepreneurs think that it's like, I just want to start my own business. And then ultimately, they find themselves working 40, 50, 60, 80, 100 hours a week, and their business owns them versus them actually owning the business. And, and true entrepreneurship is, in my opinion, if you look at the root word of it, actually, it is, it's is—it's a French word, entre, entreprendre or something. I, I don't speak French, uh, <laughs> but it is a French word. And it, it literally means to undertake. That's what entrepreneurship means. It doesn't mean that you own a business or you have a Fortune 500 company or anything like that. It just means to undertake. And, and that's how I approached it. It's like, I'm going to undertake and that's how I approach my life. And I operate my my life as I am the entrepreneur. I am the CEO of my own life. And, uh, and that's allowed me to now focus on what is most important to me and put systems and, and procedures in place to be a true entrepreneur and, and be able to work on my business when I want and how I want. Uh, versus constantly be the one working in my business. So long, long intro story, Nathan, but but that's my story. That's my journey.
0: <laughs> I love that. And, and fun thing to interject in there. So you're right. The French word is, is the closest derivative we have for entrepreneur. If you go further back than that, um, the Latin root, there's two words that come together to make entrepreneur. And it literally means, one word means to swim out and yeah. the other word means to grab hold of, so Love to it. swim out and grab hold of that opportunity in the midst of this, you know, this this river that's raging or whatever. I, I think that's a great description of entrepreneurship as well. Absolutely. What is the greatest home run that you've hit in your career?
1: If we look at the the, the home run concept, I guess it it would have to mean that I took a lot of swings at it to to make it happen, <laughs> and you know, to get to to get that home run, you know some of the biggest names that we know of in baseball are have the poorest batting averages, but they have the highest because, because they're willing to take swings at it. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would say it would probably be this concept of selling to groups of people because everything that I had known was always one-on-one and it was a unique, it, it was, it was interesting that, that the, the sales techniques or tactics or what I knew how to, how to get somebody to make a decision or apply pressure to, you know, you know, the old school ways of selling, certainly don't work today. And it, it was it was yes. taking that swing at it, what I was able to connect on this concept of, of selling to groups of people, but it was learning, taking enough swings to learn the process that it's, it's different. It's more about creating an environment where people want to do business with you versus convincing somebody to do business with you.
0: What is your best monetization secret or strategy you could share with other entrepreneurs?
1: We've done 125 million in sales and, and it that has zero to do with me. I, I I was able to make that first connection, which was great. But I think the biggest thing is I had people on bat after me that were able to, you know, s- still get on base, right? And th- there's a reason why the the cleanup hitter is fourth. It's like having having the people that are able to get on base with you to to be able to hit not just a home run, but a double, or, you know, a two run, three, one, or, or that, that actual, uh uh, grand Slam. Grand Slam. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> I uh-huh. was like, man, it's been a while since I've talked baseball, but uh, <laughs> it, and I think it is delegation knowing that my early on most entrepreneurs know exactly how it should be done or what they want it to do and they have the a difficult time actually giving somebody else the, the baton. Yes. And and that was that was me initially, but once I realized one of my mentors told me that, man, you, who's going to do this task for, for you if you have this understanding that they are only going to do it to the 70% ability of how you would hold the standard. Yep. If, if you can keep their standard at 70% and allow them to do it, you're, it's going to allow you to focus on the things that really truly matter, the revenue uh, producing activities. And that was something that I held on to. So when I was able to delegate that stuff, I freed my time up and focus on what I needed to, to do uh, was was probably one of the biggest components that allowed us to really grow and scale our company and produce revenue, as you'd mentioned. I love
0: that. That's very profound. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest business tectonic shift that's transforming, you know, the business world today?
1: Well, just the the climate of the culture, environment, society that we're in right now. I mean, obviously. Uh, with, with COVID and everything, I'm sure you've heard that as, as a lot of these answers, um, as a tectonic shift. It's like when when last March, when uh, lockdowns took place, um, it was, I can't say catastrophic for me because we're, we're here today, but it was an uh, interesting time. Um, I actually, I had over 300 live events, in-person live events throughout the country scheduled that week. And, um, that were shut wow. down. Restaurants were, were closed uh, over $300,000 that I had already paid out in marketing that I was expecting to have an ROI that week. And that didn't happen. Um, so when, when you know that Monday, I got the new I know, I remember like, the, I was in Arizona when this happened. Uh, my wife and I were supposed to be on vacation this week in Scottsdale, we were, we were at the Valley Ho Resort. And yeah. um, and it was, I get this news Monday morning and I was like, you've got, cause I thought there's no chance that this is going to happen. And when it did, it was like, oh no. Cause not only for, for us, our sales reps, um, cause I have my own companies that we still sell through this format, but we now coach, we consult clients and we fill events for clients uh, and, and teach them the sales process of, of selling to groups of people. So they're looking at me like, what are we doing? Like, uh, how do I make money? And so we, we quickly, we pivoted another word that I think has been a way overused here in the last <laughs> year, but everybody had to pivot. And so we put everything online. If anything, I, I'm always a glass half full guy. It exposed a lot of areas that I, that I knew were, were gaps in our business and our offering, um, but it wasn't a priority until it became a priority. And then it was like, okay, so that that very week, as my wife got to sit out by poolside, uh, all week long, I was I was head down into the computer, uh, building out these webinars, this, this, you know, all of our sales presentations that we would do uh, in person, we took virtually. And and so we took everything virtually, we, we called everybody, we got them into these webinars, and we made some sales. Um, and as much as it was a, a great opportunity for us, I, I will still say uh, in-person live events, shaking hands, uh, hugging somebody, there's, there's nothing that's going to convert as well as that. From, if you're yes. looking from a, you know, a one-to-one ratio of like what's going to convert the best. Now, the nice thing about online is I'm able to reach way more people right? It's so it, it's all a numbers game. If I can get a 1000 people on my webinar, where I could, would only get like 100 people at my live event, it's still just a numbers game. It's a funnel of, of some sort. Uh, and so uh, that I mean, that was, that was the biggest shift for us from, you know, over this last year, uh, with just the, the, you know, what's happening in, in the world. Um, and thankfully, ironically, 2020 for us was, while our gross number dropped by by a you know, a couple million, our net revenue was one of the highest we've ever had. So as a kind of a blessing in disguise for us um, at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Online sales definitely have that advantage as well as our profit margins can often be much higher.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: Okay. Will you explain to us the social dynamic selling framework?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So social dynamic and a lot of people when, when they hear this word, they're like, what is this like social media? Or, uh, and I actually this part of the reason why I chose this was to, to elicit that that questioning of like, what this is. And mm-hmm. it's because selling to groups of people that, that whether it's online, like, like we're, you know, doing this via zoom right now, or it's in person, there's a social dynamic that's taking place. Right? Yes. If you go out to a, a restaurant and, and uh, you've got the, there's a social dynamic happening. What do I mean by that is, you know, there's the hostess, there's, there's you, maybe who you're eating with, the server, the bartender, the other patrons in the, in the restaurant or at the bar. There's a dynamic that's taking place. There's conversations that's happening. You can feel the vibe in the, in the environment, or, or if you would go to church, right? You've got the, the ushers, the, the preacher, the, you know, the other people that are attending, like there's a dynamic that's taking place. And so knowing that there's that social dynamic, what we've done is we've learned how to use that in our favor to create an environment where people that are coming out, they know that they've been personally invited to come out and learn about your product or service, whatever that is. And so they know what they're coming out to. Uh, We always do a a dinner. I mean, 99% of the time recommend a a dinner for that because of the law of reciprocity that comes into place. Uh, and, and then we create an environment where they're going to listen to us. We take them on that emotional journey to ultimately create that environment where at the end of it, it's not like rah, 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 rush to the back of the room and swipe your credit card, but that's not what we teach. It's more of a, a a two-step approach where we're just creating an environment where at the end, if you've done a good enough job, you've established yourself as the authoritative figure in your industry and, and you're, you're fulfilling a need that they have, which they've already raised their hand and said, I'm interested in this. Uh, now we're simply asking for a one-on-one appointment to sit down with them to provide them a proposal or you know, the price or whatever it is, further questions uh, depending upon the product or service it is that you're actually selling. So it's, it's, that's the social dynamic component of it is because people want to do business with those that they know, they like, and they trust. Yes. If they know you, they like you, you're creating an environment where they can trust you. Naturally, they're going to want to, or they'll be at least be open to the, the, the possibility of doing business with you.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you want to, would you go into a little bit more depth? What are some of the secrets and strategies you use within that social dynamic selling system?
1: When we take on like a new client or a new industry, a vertical, maybe that we're going into, we're going to dive into what is it that you sell? right? And, and, and most people will go into the, the tangible thing that they sell, right? And, and oftentimes, it's like, well, I sell, um, i trying to think of it, solar. We're big in the, the solar industry right now. Um, or even uh, regenerative medicine. We work with a number of doctors as far as um, helping with pain and pain management. So mm-hmm. I sell uh, uh, regenerative medicine injections that take away pain, Okay. It's like, well, then what, what is it? Is that, that's what you sell. Like that's the the physical thing that they're getting, but what it why, why would they get that? Like we get to the benefits of the benefits of the benefits of what it is. And then we identify, okay, who, who buys this, who's going to want to buy this. Right. We, we start to narrow in on that client avatar and, and identify who that is, where they shop. Right. Where, where are they? Is it, is it a, 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 a geographically are we, are we, uh, do we have restrictions, right? Do they have to come to the clinic to get the injections or could you go to them? And we, so all of that comes into play and in how we're going to craft the message, how we're going to invite them. If it is an online ad, if it's direct mail, we do a ton of direct mail, uh, and, and that's going to create, a, um, the, the invitation that we're going to be able to speak to them. And then ultimately by the time they get to the, 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 uh, event, where you're going to be hosting the presentation or anybody on your sales team would be hosting the presentation that, you know, half the battle is done. We've got them there. Uh, and, and they're excited to, to learn about whatever it is that you've got. Now, I call it, you know, now, now it's like your circus, right? You're the ringleader. This is your circus. So now it's it's time for you to actually gain that, that know, like, and trust. And people do that through uh, you know, our, the framework that we use in, in, a, in a presentation framework, yes, we do need to educate them. But they want to know they want to do business with those that they can relate to, right. And, and that's why, you know, we go into, we tell it into story formats. And we we take people on that emotional journey, tug at those heartstrings, to get them to understand what it would feel like, right, people want to know what it's going to feel like to, to actually own or buy or or have that product or service that that you have, and it's important to be able to speak to their subconscious versus just, you know, stating the facts of like this is A B C D, right? People, while, while a lot of people are, you know, logical, every single buying decision, every single one of them is an emotional decision that they make. While it, it needs to be backed in logic, so there's no buyer's remorse or you know discontent or like they don't think that they got tricked or duped into something but it is still an emotional decision, but it does need to be backed by logic.
0: Thank you so much, Riley, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, if we wanna level up, we should look at the kind of people we are surrounding ourselves with. Are they the kind of people that will help us to reach our goals? Number two, the social dynamic selling method creates an environment where people want to do business with us number three, by telling stories, our audience will relate to us, and this will make them like us more. Number four, when we're preparing for an event, we need to think about what we are selling, who we're selling to, and how we should invite them. And number five, at the event, we must become the ringleader, educate, be relatable, and appeal to both logic and emotion. If you'd like to learn more about Riley or connect with him, you can find him on LinkedIn, Visit his website at rileymeek.com or visit his company website at socialdynamicselling.com. And there's links to each of those sites on the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to take your digital monetization to the next level? You can get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and your favorite podcast platform. Do you need help with your digital monetization strategy? Then visit monetizationpartners.com to schedule a free consultation. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your social selling. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and
1: share it.